Welcome to Open Channel, a podcast where we explore the mysteries of the universe and connect with the spiritual realm. I'm Kate the Brave, your host and guide on this journey. As an open channel, psychic medium, and Reiki practitioner, I'm here to help you tap into your intuition and receive messages from beyond. Each week, we'll dive into fascinating topics, share spooky stories, and interview inspiring guests from around the world. Whether you're looking for guidance, healing, or just a good laugh, this is the place to be. So sit back, relax, grab your tea, and let's open up to the magic of the universe. Hello, welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the second episode of the Open Channel Podcast. I'm your host, Kate the Brave. And this week, we are talking about ghost investigating. We're going to dive into what it is, share tips for practicing it on your own, and discuss the importance of setting boundaries and intentions. We'll also talk a little bit about the um, kind of entities you might encounter during a ghost investigation. It's going to be a fun ride, so grab your tea and let's get started. Ghost investigation is a fascinating field that aims to explore and document paranormal phenomena, specifically related to spirits or ghosts. If you've ever ever lived in a haunted house or had some sort of supernatural ability like lights flickering, things moving, children laughing, um, you might want to investigate. <laughs> you might want to find out what the heck is going on there. And that's exactly what this is. Investigators use a variety of tools. Um, when I do my ghost invest or ghost tours at Hotel Havana, we use dowsing rods, we use the spirit box, and then we talk about the power of just kind of using yourself in this. It's kind of interesting. These are all techniques and tools used to gather evidence, communicate with spirit and uncover the hidden truths. It's really important to approach ghost investigation with an open mind, respect for the supernatural, and a genuine curiosity for the unknown. Even in like The Conjuring House, I've read several books, I've listened to several interviews, and on Andrea Perrin, I think I'm saying her name correctly, she talked about how when her mom was thrown across the living room, it was when a psychic came in and conjured just whatever spirit wanted to come through. There were not any intentions or boundaries really put in place that offered a sense of protection. And when you're investigating, essentially you're opening yourself up to anything and everything that can come through in this spirit world. So it's very, very important that you come in with respect, you set your boundaries, and you recognize the power that you have within yourself or within your faith or whatever it is that you believe in so that you're safe. For me personally, um, I was not raised Catholic. I don't have a bunch of prayers memorized. So if I were to end up in the middle of a dangerous situation, I'm probably not going to recite the rosary because that's not what is meaningful to me. 
that's not what where I hold my power, where I hold my faith. Instead, I call in my ancestors, my guides, my gods, whatever I believe in. And you should take that and apply it to what you believe in. So if you are Catholic, then for sure, saying your prayers, relying on the Catholic God, it's definitely going to come in handy for you. If you are intrigued by the ghost investigation and you want to try it on your own, here are some essential tips to get you started. First tip, research and preparation. Do not just go into a building willy-nilly. You have no idea what's going on. Yes, you might get some activity, but you're not going to have a huge grasp on what it is unless you are going in as a psychic or a medium. And in that case, it's like a whole different conversation because when you're investigating, just to investigate, you're asking for physical and tangible signs that they're there. So you might get recordings of EVPs or you might bring the dowsing rods, which are the, the sticks that come together and across or go apart uh, for yes or no questions. There's other tools such as an EMF detector things like that. You're trying to draw out the tangible activity. But when you're going in as a psychic or a medium, you don't need that tangibleness. You can just connect on your own psychic level. But and um, so in that instance, you might go into a building completely blind, connect to what's there, see what comes through. And then afterwards, you do your research and you see how that lines up. But either way, you want to always, always, always be mindful of your surroundings, set your boundaries, and choose your intention. So if you're going in psychically as a medium and you're opening yourself up to those communications, that is your intention let them know, say these things out loud. You want to clearly define your intentions before starting an investigation. What do you hope to achieve or discover? Establish your personal boundaries and know when to step back or take breaks if you feel overwhelmed. Ghost investigation can be emotionally taxing AF. Um, I host ghost investigations over at the Hotel Havana. I think that is a great place for beginner slash intermediate investigations because it's fairly safe. Um, but we always go in a group. Nobody is ever alone. And even in some of the rooms, like the penthouse, you can feel an emotional sadness. And if you're really in tune and you're really empathic, that can weigh a lot. So <clears throat> definitely know when to take a step back, when you need to take a break. And then also, please make sure to respect the privacy and space of the entities you encounter during an investigation. I say this all the time. Spirit are people too. Like 99% of the time, when you're having spiritual activity or ghost activity, it's a person. There's a person behind that energy and they want to be respected just as much as you want to be respected. Make sure that you carry essential equipment with you like flashlights, spare batteries, and first aid kits, 
especially if you're working in dark locations. Um, a lot of people like to investigate at nighttime. I think the reason for this is because it opens up it opens up, I'm trying to think of the words, like, it opens up more, hmm, how do I say this? A lot of people investigate at night because they feel like that is when the most activity can come through, but I feel like the activity comes through at nighttime because it's quiet, like the world is quiet and it's easier for it to come through. During the day, we're more of like a hustle and bustle environment. So you might not notice the activity that's coming through or, um, yeah, or there's just like too much energy going on that it's kind of hard for them to break through. So bring flashlights, bring a first aid kit, be mindful of your surroundings so you can avoid accidents or injuries. And you always, 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 always investigate with a partner or a group for added safety and support. Entities you can encounter during an investigation, there's several. So you may encounter residual energies, which these are energies that are imprinted on a place, a time period, an object, and it's kind of like a movie that just keeps replaying. They're not intelligent. They don't know you're there. They can't talk to you. They're just living their own ghostly life. And it's interesting because I have tapped into some energies of um, that are residual. And the place where they're like... The area that they're reliving, it looks the exact same as when they were living. So you might be in a house that you have remodeled, but if there's a residual energy there, they might still be walking through your bathroom thinking that it's a kitchen because that's how they see it. They see it as the kitchen, not the newly remodeled bathroom. There are also intelligent spirits. These entities can interact with investigators through things like EVPs, moving objects, direct communication, Ouija boards. <laughs> I know that's like a taboo, like, oh no, not a Ouija board. But Ouija boards actually can be very helpful. It's just a matter of using them properly. And that really goes back to the basics of being safe in a controlled environment, knowing how to open yourself up and close yourself at the end of the investigation. You always want to approach these intelligent spirits with respect and open communication, seeking to understand what their actual intentions are. I have had grandparents come through that throw things across the room. They're not nece necessarily trying to scare you, but that's their way of like getting their attention. Or there also can be spirits that are trying to figure out how things work. Like they don't necessarily know how to pick things up yet. So maybe they'll try and it'll drop or break or... Oh, maybe they're like trying to figure out how lights work because they didn't have electricity when they were alive or computers, things like that. They're intelligent spirits. They're interacting with us through the world 
And they're not always just here to scare us. Sometimes it just comes across that way because we are not used to it. And we have been exposed to many a scary movie like Paranormal Activity that shows you that they're only here to harm you. And I mean, that's not true. Sometimes that is true. So you do need to be safe, but it is not always true. Another energy that you can come across are poltergeists, and there are several different uh, theories about poltergeist activity. Some people think that it is created by living people, and it's their energy that is manifesting, and now things are being able to be thrown across the room, lights flickering, a lot of like... um. A lot of movement, a lot of chaos really comes with poltergeist activity. I would say that like, yes, that is a true theory, but also some of that poltergeist activity can be caused by other spirits like elementals. Those are energies that come from land or earth or different elements. Um, What else can cause poltergeist activity? Not humans. You know, like the aliens, the little creatures, gnomes. (laughs) There's lots of different spirits that can come in. And they all come in differently. So the more you investigate and the more you build a relationship with the other side, you can kind of get a better grasp on what it is that's coming through, why it is coming through, and how to deal with it. My number one tip is, of course, setting boundaries and knowing your intention, but really do things properly. Don't take it as a joke and don't take it, and just take it seriously, okay? Like, please take it seriously. When I first really started talking to spirit, um, my husband sometimes would get scared and I remember sitting there and he'd be like, get the F out. And I'm like, bro, you can't talk to them like that. You just have to just be courteous and find out what they need. Because, I mean, you know, like you wouldn't just yell at your kid for walking in the room because they want something from you. So take the time, be courteous, be respectful, and set your boundaries. When you are finished with your investigation, let them know. There's no such thing as too much communication when you're investigating. I always introduce myself. I never mind telling them where they are, especially if I'm calling in people to talk to me. Like, let's say I'm investigating a home and usually there's activity like upstairs, but I'm in the kitchen. So I'll say, hey, I'm in the kitchen. If anybody wants to come talk to me, you can come right here and you can speak into this little device here. And just talk as loud as you want. You can say whatever you want. I'm open to it and I'm here in the kitchen. I always introduce myself. I always say my name. I don't give like a lot of information though because it's kind of like when you're on the internet, you don't want to give too much or be too open. You just want to be open enough to welcome the activity but not open enough to where they can take advantage of your energy you know what I mean ghost investigation it's really it's an extraordinary journey that offers a unique glimpse into the realm of the supernatural so we have to remember to approach it with respect 
an open mind, and a deep understanding of the potential energies you may encounter. Like I said, believe in yourself, believe in your faith, believe in your power. Set intentions, establish boundaries, and always, always prioritize your safety when embarking on these investigations. So whether you're an avid investigator or a curious skeptic, go forth and explore the mysterious world of ghost investigation. You can do this. Go in a group. If you're afraid to start, you can head over to any of my tours at Hotel Havana. You can ask me questions. You can reach out to me on Instagram. My Instagram is at Kate period the period brave. And yeah, I mean, that's it on the ghost investigation. So how else do I end this? I don't know. Oh, I know. Let's pull a card. Hang on. Let me get my cards out. Okay, while I'm shuffling my cards, I want to ask uh, or answer a couple questions that my listeners have sent in. One of them comes from Tanaya, and I really hope I'm saying her name correctly. She is such a beautiful soul, and she has such a unique and beautiful name. So Tanaya, if I'm not saying your name correctly, please let me know. Her question is, are all light flares spiritual activity are they always ghosts are they always spirits Um, that's a really good question because that's definitely something that can come through in ghost investigations take lots of pictures I think you should always take lots of pictures take pictures in the mirrors spirits like that shiny surface Um, and if you catch a light flare it could potentially potentially be a spirit but it is not always a spirit so when you are looking back at your photo look for several things and think about things what was the light exposure like in that time did you have the flash on your camera were there any lights behind you any lights around you that it could be bouncing off of also look at the light streak. In my experience, if it's a light flare that's coming from like a man-made source, like a lamp or a flash, you're going to see towards the end of the light, like breaks within that light, like kind of streaks. And in my experience, when I'm seeing spirit as light flashes, it's a solid white light. I don't ever see it like taper off on the ends. It's just like a smear of light, but it can be, it has the potential to be spirit. It is not always spirit. My next question comes from Marcy. Thank you, Marcy, for your question. She asks, do spirit mind if I'm naked? (laughs) This is such a good question because spirit comes through all the time. I can't tell you how many times I've been taking a shower and connecting to spirit or having um, like if I have a reading the next day or later in the day and I'm taking a shower, sometimes spirit will pop in while I'm taking a shower. Most of the time, no, they don't care. It's not embarrassing to them. It's not weird to them. They don't care. It's just like we're just here having conversation. However... I once was um, having adult time with my husband and his grandpa came through. And that was just shocking for everybody, including the grandpa. 
And it was almost like a surprised hello. But then he was like, okay, well, I have something to say now. So, I mean, no, I don't think they care. I think they just kind of, I think we care. I don't think that they care. With that being said, I have our polls for today or for this week. We have four of wands with the hanged man and the king of wands. So if you are listening to this and you have been feeling kind of stuck and suspended in air lately, I think this is telling you to find that balance between having fun and then taking that strategy and moving forward and utilizing the passion and excitement that comes from having fun as a propeller forward into your dreams, into your celebration, and the goals that you are wanting to accomplish. I love that we have the hangman. I love that on both sides are the minor cards with the four of wands and the king of wands. The four of wands has a festival tent in the background. It's two women that are really flowing in the energy of Reiki. I see uh, one of them is holding up a tambourine and you can just feel the energy. You can feel the excitement. You can feel the ease of going with the flow and just being with nature. And also what's really cool about this four of wands card is that um, it is daylight, but you can still see the stars at the top of the card too. So bringing in that duality of light and dark and um, being a conduit between earth and the celestials. And then on the other side of the hangman, we have the king of wands, which gives a different vibe than the four of wands. He is sturdy, strong. He, you can tell that he's focused and ready to move forward. He carries his staff with him that is lit with a crown of fire. And then he has a lion behind him to support him in his next endeavor. In between these two cards is that hanged man card where she is suspended on one of those like aerial um, cloth thingies. There's a light that shines from behind her. Her fingers are out towards the ground playing in the light codes around her. The hanged man is really uh, is usually in reference to the pause or the holding point between two areas. So if you're listening to this, you might be feeling like you're stuck in a pause and you are. So take a breath and start moving. Move into the things that you like to do. Find your passions and let them carry you forward into your next strategy. If you need help with that, I do offer readings. You can find that through my Instagram. And I don't know. We're still learning how to end these. We're still learning how to close our circle, so to speak. And that's okay. If you have any questions for the podcast or if you'd like to be interviewed on the podcast, head over to my Instagram. Pretty much everything is there. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it earlier, but it's at Kate period, the period brave. And if you're interested in ghost investigations, join us at Hotel Havana. We would love to have you. There's a lot of crazy experiences on the first is our next ghost tour on the 13th. We're doing a cacao ceremony and then the 18th, we're sharing spooky stories and having some cocktails. So come find me and let's enjoy life together. Thanks for listening to the podcast.